All right. So today I want to get, we're going to do a message about the importance of loving Jesus. And Jesus loves us, this we know, for the Bible tells us so. We've been, we, we, we kind of hear this a lot, but today I just want to advocate for the importance of loving Jesus back, okay? Like that's what we're made for. So this is what it's about. Love Jesus. Love Jesus. As in, this is his own message to his bride. One of, if not the most important thing you can do is love him back. And so we're going to read some scriptures together. I do want to say something, though. I've decided that I, I have some hurt feelings. It is because of something you did. So we'll talk about this later. <laughs> Just kidding, Anthony. This is Anthony. Anthony's the quickest one to say stuff that throws me off my game while I'm speaking. <laughs> but we do have a good brotherhood relationship. And where this hurt feeling came from is this. There's a, an author, podcaster that I really like. And he wrote this book. And in this book, he kept saying things like this. It, was, it, it involved talking about the teachings of Jesus. And he kept making these jokes like, Jesus would say something like this, which sounds really radical, and it's pastor's jobs to come along and explain it away so nobody has to take him seriously. <laughs> Thanks, Lynn. You know what I'm talking about here. Jesus was on the scene, the most amazing life ever, the most challenging, awesome, threatening, loving human being to ever walk on the planet. And he would say things so powerful, so radical, that people murdered him for saying things, even though he was like a walking healthcare system. If they just left him alone, no one would ever be sick in Israel again. But because of the stuff he said, he had to die. And so he's joking that we read the words of Jesus and then it's my job as a pastor to make those words go away so that they don't hurt anybody's feelings or make you feel uncomfortable or, or you know, heaven forbid, impact the tithing. Right? And, and I've been thinking about this for months because I'm like many of you, I don't want to hear bad news. And so, but I think it hurt my feelings. That he published like a really well-publishing book, and he just kept coming back to making fun of pastors trying to make the words of Jesus go away. And when we joke about it, it's funny, because you kind of know it's true. So I'm not going to do that today. We're just going to have like a what-if-it's-true attitude about the words of Scripture. Whew! And I'll, I'll be at the employment center first thing Monday morning. <laughs> Whatever. Challenging words of Jesus. From Matthew chapter 10. Do not think I've come to bring peace on the earth. I have not come to bring peace on the earth, but a sword. Why don't we change that to gun? We don't use swords. So it can sound a little bit less, and we should make it more. Okay, today is about more. I have not come to bring peace, but a gun. For I have come to set a man against his father and a daughter against her mother. The mothers are really not feeling great right now. And a daughter-in-law against her mother-in-law. Normal. And a... (laughs) Sorry. 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 That was too much. I'm sorry. (laughs) Welcome to Calvary Chapel. And a person's enemies will be of his own household. Here we go. 
Whoever loves father or mother more than me is not worthy of me. And whoever loves son or daughter more than me is not worthy of me. And whoever does not take his own cross and follow me is not worthy of me. Whoever finds his life will lose it. And whoever loses his life for my sake will find it. How's it going? Okay, let's just take, let's just believe it's totally true. You love anybody more than Jesus, you're doing it wrong. Now, Jesus was very intense. Okay, that understatement, very intense. And sometimes people will say things like, he speaks somewhat hyperbolically. And we did that a few weeks ago when I was talking about the the command to cut off the hand and how it's not really about cutting off the hand because you do not have a body part that can fix your emotional problems that you can cut off and be better. Okay, young people, seriously, there are tons of adults who do not know this truth. You cannot cut off any part of your body to fix how you feel about yourself. However, let's just take this as true. If there's anybody or anything, including my own life, that I like or love or more attached to than Jesus, something's gone wrong. But what if this is just a hyperbole? What if this is too much? So there's another verse from the Apostle Paul that I can't, I don't know how he said it. It's so crazy, and you've probably never heard this verse before. You probably glanced over it. It's at the end of one of the letters. I'm sure no one's ever preached on it that you know before, especially around here. But it just, it's another one of these things like, how, how, why did you say, how did you say this? Why don't you care about people? And this is right at the end of 1 Corinthians. And remember, this is the love book. This is where the love chapter's in there. Love is patient. Love is kind. It does not envy and it doesn't say things at church that unsettle people's feelings. It doesn't say that. But this is what the Apostle Paul writes. All the brothers send you greeting. This is right at the end. Greet one another with a holy kiss. That's not the part that should unsettle us but it might and then he says i paul write this greeting with my own hand if anyone has no love for the lord let him be accursed oh lord come ah the grace of the lord be with you all my love be with you all (laughs) in christ jesus amen okay so how many of you and your phone conversations just young people they used to put the thing up to their head and they talk in one end and listen out the other end it was really weird actually totally unnatural to be like and then they did this bluetooth thing where you'd have people walking down the street having a conversation with somebody who isn't there and now we cannot tell who the troubled people are anymore because you used to know that if someone's walking down the street talking to somebody or themselves you you just they need help but now they're just trying to sell something most likely Anyhow, back to the verses, who in their right mind, unless it's true, says, hello, everybody from Paul, Jesus loves you, I love you, by the way, if you don't love him back, you're under a curse, and you're not going to make it. Interesting, no? Now, if you're from Calvary, you know that I'm, I'm unnaturally drawn to the strange verses of the Bible. I need to make them make sense to me. And I think that's where we learn that we don't have God in the box. And we learn more about how God really is. And this is where a lot of the joy in life is. So those are kind of negative ways of putting it. And I'm going to bring to you next a passage which I think says it more positively about 
what normal Christianity is in regards to love for Jesus. And this is Peter. He's writing a letter to a church that is in a lot of suffering and has got a lot more suffering to go through. And so he writes this to them. He says, In your salvation you rejoice. So now for a little while it is necessary you have been grieved by various trials. So that the tested genuineness of your faith, more precious than gold that perishes, though it's tested by fire, may be found to result in praise and glory and honor at the revelation of Jesus. So when Jesus comes back, your faith, it's getting tested right now, but you're gonna, you're all gonna celebrate that you made it, and Jesus is gonna reward you and praise you for being faithful through the trials. And then he starts describing their present experience. Though you've, you have not seen him, you love him. And though you do not now see him, you believe in him and rejoice with a joy that is inexpressible and filled with glory, obtaining the outcome of your faith, the salvation of your souls. And I think there's just something you can hold these together. Like if you really get it, who Jesus is and what he's done, though you have not laid eyes on him, you love him. This normal Christianity. I have never seen Jesus, but I love him. And though I cannot find him right now with my eyes because he's up in the heaven, wherever that paradise, invisible place is that you won't see with a satellite camera, wherever he dwells right now in his human body, I do not see him. And yet I believe in him and I have a joy that I can't totally describe. And it is all about how wonderful Jesus is. And Christian, don't settle for anything less than this being what you have. Because it's not like if you don't have this, second best is still a silver medal. Jesus says, where you love and who you love and how you love is who you are. And if you love him, you will live forever. But if you don't, You've missed the boat. And I'm not threatening anybody. I'm not angry. I'm not, I don't want to get you. I'm not going to sneak into your backyard and binoculars through your back window to try to catch you doing unloving Jesus. I'm not after you. I probably wish, I probably should care about you more than I do. You know, every message I say something I regret (laughs) so that I feel really humble after the message instead of happy. I hope it never gets, it doesn't get any worse than that today. But I hope you can hear me How's loving Jesus for himself going? Not which church you go to, not the worship. I really appreciated Matthew's testimony where he met with the Lord, but then he had to go and give his life to the Lord and not go away and say, boy, those guys have nice music on Sunday mornings. 
how is it going with loving the man Christ Jesus? Even though you don't see him, are you enjoying him? Are you glad you know him? Does he change your days? And again, I'm not, like, let me be one of, just, just treat me like I'm one of those Facebook uh, self-diagnosis surveys, right? Which Disney princess are you? <laughs> it's always Elsa. It's always. <laughs> I will not dignify that comment with a response. But, 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 this is your life. Jesus tells us, and I'm not going to make his words go away. Whether you love him or not is your life. I'm not going to tell you. And I, I'm not even going to say like, I'm not going to say anything to take away. Jesus said that to hurt us in the right way. Jesus said that to break the fingers of us clutching to idols that we hold closer to God even though we want to hide it. He said that kind of stuff to make us feel uncomfortable, to make us feel insecure, to make us want to yell at the pastor and send him those long ranty emails that I think is a sign of mental illness after the service. I do think though, I think something's gone wrong. When the email is like this long and we've never met, something has gone wrong. And I'm saying that kind of stuff because we need to get ourselves a little rocked sometimes. Did every email you send during COVID come out of the fruit of the Spirit or not? Ah! When Paul ends his letter, I love you, Jesus loves you, if you don't love him back, you're already demonized. Ah! And this is where people are texting the elders. Can you talk about the kind of message Rob has when there's visitors? But I know, this is what I know about Steinbeck. You either go to church or you don't go to church. And if you don't go to church, you have a reason not to go to church. And half the time, those reasons are valid. He spent 20 years and nobody ever taught you to love the man Christ Jesus and stop being afraid of what people think and stop being afraid of the rules and stop doing the... You've got to love the man Christ Jesus who loves you enough to have died for your sins, to purchase you forever. His plan is that you know him and he gets to spend forever with you, loving you, treating you, showing you new things, having fun, building whole worlds of play for you and him to enjoy forever. That's his love. That's his plan. What what are you doing? And I don't have any judgment on anybody because this hard job is hard and this culture is crazy. But all I'm saying is you need to be thinking about your own soul. Because you there is no excuse for not having Jesus. Doesn't Jesus ah whatever has happened, whatever has happened, whatever has happened. Don't lose the Lord Jesus who loves you and love him back. Jesus even said, I'm going to make everyone (laughs) fight each other. Your family could end up torn apart over me, but make sure you're in the part that keeps me. 
And he's worth it. Anyhow, let's keep moving. So here's ways we can start stirring up a love for Jesus. I just want to confess something right now. I already dislike this message so bad. Because I cannot, like, five-step you into loving Jesus. Seven ways to loving the Lord Jesus Christ. It's like, it's not a technique problem. The whole thing is, don't you see him? If I'm just like, the sun's pretty amazing. It's kind of hot. Makes everything grow. And without it, we would fly out into the dark, dark depths of space. We'd be toast. Isn't the sun great? And if somebody's like, I'm not so sure. I'm just like, have you never seen it? And so it's a see problem, and I can't make you see. But I'm just going to try to love Jesus in front of you for a little bit, and if that's a blessing, great. And if this is the worst day of your life, I'm so sorry. But I'm, I'm trying to do good here. Okay, loving Jesus with heart loyalty. When Jesus talks about loving me first, you know, there's an aspect of love. When we talk about love, we often are thinking about the idea of somebody else giving us joy or pleasure, right? I love you. You make me feel high. You know, half the pop songs are just like addicts, but it's a person instead of a chemical. You make me feel high. I'm on cloud nine. I'm never coming down. I don't want to wake up in the morning. Blah, 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 blah. They just take an addiction culture and then they put a boyfriend in there. And it's all about how pleasurable someone makes you feel. I love you. That's okay. And we'll get there. But definitely in Jesus' day, definitely in the Bible, love primarily has to do with where your loyalties lie. Who I will never betray. The kind of person where if somebody says a yo mama joke, they dead. Because you are heart bound loyal to this person and you would rather die than be dishonorably disloyal to them. And we don't do that in our culture at all. Speaking of Super Bowl... Some of us are way more loyal to our sports team than to like anything else. That's kind of, that's okay. But we don't do personal loyalty. We don't do political loyalty, probably, thank goodness. Family loyalty has taken a huge hit. Church loyalty has gotten really weird sometimes. But just the idea that my soul could be bound in love to someone forever, that I would never betray them, and I actually dislike anything that goes against the one I love, you sometimes get that in marriage. Maybe more often get that with parents towards kids. Sometimes get that with kids towards parents. But it is so unusual. But that is like the first thing Jesus is talking about, like that heart loyalty. And Jesus has that like crazy. Man, he chose to be publicly butchered by people who hated his guts so that he wouldn't lose us. Even though we naturally and repeatedly do things that express rejection towards him. That is heart loyalty. 
That is never say die, never say quit. Father, whatever I need to go through to get them, the answer is yes, loyalty. And we just live in this time where because love so often just means what makes me happy, loyalty doesn't fit in there. And we often assume that whatever makes me happy must somehow fit into what is a blessing to Jesus. And Jesus couldn't actually like be leading a way that might cost me some pleasure. You know what I mean? Am I crazy? The answer is yes. But in between, I might say something that's helpful. So... Ah, for instance, God bless us in our culture. It's kind of going down the tubes a little bit. But the nice thing is it's becoming clearer what's God and what isn't. You ever notice that? So there's this thing called the Grammys. I know, sorry. And it's like the big music award where they like honor the best musicians who are influencing the world the most with their music. And uh, such a psyop. You know what a psyop is? It's like when you're in war and the other guys are just trying to like tell you stuff and lie, just make you crazy with lying to you and propaganda. It just feels like a big psyop to the world. And this one artist comes up and has like a literal satanic worship service. And then right as that ends, the guy comes on. The Grammys are presented to you by Pfizer. And then right after that, the the first lady of the United States gets up and gives a speech. Right? So you have like this openly demonic worship service paired together with money from technology coming together with political power. And they're all having this big party together. And I feel like it's a psyop just to get us triggered. I'm triggered. Why? Why get triggered? Why? Show me the verse where Jesus says, go around getting triggered. But when you see that, it's pretty easy to go, that's not Jesus. Right? And it it becomes easier to just say like, no, no thanks. Now, there may be some folks in that audience that might get saved someday. So you want to remember that those guys need Jesus too. They need Jesus too. But this is the thing. It's the heart loyalty thing. Sorry. And I just, I feel like this verse where Jesus is talking about people loving him more than their own life and stuff. And I, I just, for me, it just reminds me that if, if my life is about loving Jesus, it's good to remember that owning the libs isn't the same as loving Jesus. And if I get up here and I say something about Davos and everyone's happy and it's like, yeah, like leftist tears, that's enjoyable, but it's not the same as loving Jesus. And pointing out the faults of the government, it can be totally true, but it's not the same as loving Jesus. Do you know what I mean? There's so many substitutes where you get to feel right, and it is not the same as being loyal and in awe of the man Christ Jesus, risen from the dead, who knows your name. And I have to tell myself, because I love owning the lips sometimes. Thought number two. Love Jesus with your faith-filled obedience. 
And I'm going to talk about like doing what God says, but I want to be very careful about this. Jackie pointed out to me a testimony that someone was sharing on like another sermon one time. I won't name the person in case he doesn't want to ever be associated with me. But um, he was sharing about someone in their church who grew up in one of the southern states and grew up in a really fundamentalist home. So very Bible-based, lots of church, Sunday morning church, Sunday night church, all the rules together, don't drink, don't smoke, don't cuss, all that stuff. She was the organist in the, in the church, did discipleship meetings, and she, her testimony was after, she was in her 30s or something like this, I can't remember. Christian her whole life, in her 30s, she's playing organ during the Sunday morning service, I think it was. And she felt like the Holy Spirit said to her, you don't know me. And in her own testimony, she spends the rest of the day having this argument with Jesus about how she does, yes, yes, indeed, I do know you. Like, look at all this stuff I don't do. And I, and I, I have not missed a church day. And I've got my Bible down pat, all 66 books, all 111 or 1,011 chapters, whatever it is. I've got it all down, and I'm doing this stuff. Look at the people I don't associate with, and look at the stuff I do. And I, my nose is clean, and I've done all this stuff. I know you. And, and she didn't know. And so in the Sunday night service, during the altar call, where all the people had to come forward and kneel before Jesus to, to say the sinner's prayer, the Holy Spirit's like, you, you too. And just imagine, you know, sometimes we say, give me my testimony for baptism is high pressure. Imagine being a lifelong Christian during the outreach to the unbelievers, and you have to get down from the organ and kneel in front of your church and admit you've known a religious life based on the teachings of Jesus, but you have not loved him. Well, she did it, and she had an awesome life after that. So, but I just want to be careful because I know around here you can talk about obedience to scripture and people just hear guilt trip, boredom, and feeling terrible instead of seeing what a great way to love Jesus by doing what makes him happy. Don't you love to do things that make people you love happy? Am I the only one here? Raisin muffin baking on my day off because it's a good snack for the kids. Jackie and I go out to get like something from the store that sugar. We have to hit a drive-through thing. We have to stop and have a chat. We have to spend time together because I love to make her happy because I love her and she's pretty amazing. So serving her, you know, it took me 20 years to actually find out how to do all the dishes in the house after a meal. First, I did none of the dishes in the house after a meal. And then I spent five years figuring out how to do half the dishes in the house after a meal. And then I spent another 10 years learning how to do up to 90% of the dishes in the house after a meal. But I finally figured out if you try hard, you can get that baked off stuff off of the pan and you can actually clean the entire kitchen after a meal. Took me 20 years. <laughs> I think I've just ruined Super Bowl Sunday for half the guys in the room here. (laughs) I ain't never come back to that church. Oh, man. But this is true. And again, Christian, find the way to obey Jesus because you love him. 
Find the stuff that makes you happy. Oh, I said I wasn't going to do that. Find the stuff that makes you happy serving Jesus. And then keep expanding the list. Because he loves you first. He's dancing over you first. And if we can't unite our service with the one we love in something that's a love experience, something's gone wrong. Okay, and finally, loving Jesus with our awe and respect. I think I'm doing okay for time. Jesus is a hero. He's the most amazing person you will ever meet. Most creative, most loving, most brave. I just love the bravery of Jesus lately. You know, somebody sent out a little text after my last message. I probably said something I regret, but they thought it was cool. And, uh, and it was just about, like, somebody said, yeah, you're really brave to talk about that stuff. And really, it is not bravery. I'm just foolish. But then it just made me thinking about, like, the bravery of Jesus and what he said to people without being angry. Like the Sermon on the Mount. It's like, yeah, you heard it said, don't kill anybody. But I'm just going to tell you, uh, you're never allowed to be angry at your brother. And you know how you came to church this Sunday and sang all these worship songs, but you hadn't made things right with your brother yet? You're probably going to hell. Hope you like barbecue because you're it. Those are the literal words of Jesus. At the very least, you deserve church discipline, but you might be lost. The courage of Christ. The bravery of Christ. I'm not trying to be flippant, but he, 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 ah, he, he, if you read the book, he said stuff that's insanely courageous. And then marched to Jerusalem so that they could execute him. He is insanely brave. And every manly soul ought to give him honor with loyal affection for his courage, for his strength, for his self-sacrifice, for his integrity and his inflexibility, as well as his gentleness and his ability to be kind and merciful to the most vulnerable people, children, and women ever he met. What a hero. Who do you know that's going to have your heart and your love better than Jesus? He's the best, guys. So one of the things I'm kind of practicing right now is just I'm just trying to think of the stories of Jesus from the Bible, not to be taught how to live yet, but just to just to be like, Jesus, you're amazing. Like the story of Peter walking on water. That's pretty amazing that Peter walked on water. Jesus can tell somebody to walk on water, and it happens. Guys, he's amazing. And then to be so unimpressed with himself that he only needs to do it once. His humility is amazing. I love him. I love him. I love him. I love him. I've talked about this before. I can't get over it. 
that one of the great pains of my soul right now is the thought that he's not back yet. I can't even think sometimes that he's going to return because it hurts that he hasn't come back yet. He's amazing. Maybe you need to go there and see some of the creation that he's made and go just look at a tree and just know that a man made these things. The God-man Christ Jesus designed trees that can stand outside in the worst weather on the planet, namely ours, and then come back in spring like nothing happened. Jesus is amazing. Icicles. Snow that can come off a roof and then curl underneath so that it's actually moving upwards. Jesus is amazing. Hot deserts. Amazing. You guys are pretty great too. And you're all his little workshop creations. Everything you see, everything that goes into your eyeballs, everything that goes into your ears is something amazing about Jesus. And he loves you. And he does not want you to be lost. And he does not want your life to have a sense of regret over it, like you missed something. And so he says, love me. Love me, love me, love me. This is your response. Just love me. Believe in me and love me. Love me back. Start with a little and keep on growing. Give me your heart. Give me your trust. Give me your faith. And give me what you do. And love me. It's the best thing we can do with our hearts. And I don't want to come across like Jesus is that guy who got rejected when he invited a girl to the prom. And he's moping around somewhere, feeling like a loser. He is not. He is the glorious God of the universe. And not only is it a good thing to love him, but we owe him every single ounce of the love we could ever give him. It is his by right. But if you want to be happy, if you want to get freer, if you want your life to count, if you want problems in your house to get better, sometimes worse first, But better, set yourself to loving Jesus back. And all God's people said...